Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the National Counseling Finals. My name is Micah, and we're here with my co-host, Chris, and what a beautiful day for Counseling Finals, isn't it, Chris? Yes, we are taking our top four counselors. They have been going at it rigorously, helping people all around the world. If you're new to the National Counseling Finals, these each one of these counselors will have someone that they have to help in a matter of two minutes and they have to help them solve their problems let's take a watch we're going to zoom in first to a klaus grovel and he has been counseling for a grand total of 22 years and he has set our record here this weekend but he is on to a very very fierce competitor he is on to somebody who had a part of his body bitten and eaten off by a pit bull let's take a look well, Johnny, I just need you to tell me, why do you feel like you're not good in it? Because I wasn't good enough for my limb when it got chewed off by that pit bull. It wasn't good enough. Well, how does that make you feel? Oh, Chris, you went for the classic. How does that make you feel? Will that be a misstep or will that be a calculated attempt to get him the victory? Let's see what happens. Well, it makes me feel like crap. That's how it makes me feel. Well, Johnny, all of us feel like crap, but you're not crap. Even some crap is good crap. Wow. Chris, did you hear that? Even some crap is good crap. He made us all feel normal in two seconds. How does that make you feel? That makes me feel great. Tune in later to see if that will get him enough points on the board to win the National Counseling Finals. I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, guys, it is episode 39. We thank you guys so much for joining us again on this Monday morning. Hey, Micah, I know that we don't normally don't shout out, but you just recently had a birthday. So happy belated birthday, my friend. I hope you had a great time. Had a great trip, uh, so happy belated birthday. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm getting older, as we all are, so it's uh, it's good, though. I'm having the best days of my life right now, which is fantastic. That's great, and we're having the best days of our lives at the Donut Box Podcast. Uh, so we welcome you guys. Hey, we want to shout out to people that are listening to us in Brussels. Shout out to our people in Wichita, Kansas. Man, y'all are consistent every week. Virginia, Georgia, Texas. Hey, we even got uh, listeners in Japan, Australia, and the Europe region. So, man, we're blowing up bigger and better than ever. So we just want to thank you guys for listening to us. Now let's go ahead and get jumping into our first segment, which is... The Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. Now, if you recall last week, we talked about whenever we first went to San Antonio. We're going to talk about part two of the trip where we went to Dallas slash Tyler region. We made our way from San Antonio up to Dallas. And we stopped at the Texas Ranger Museum on the way in Waco, didn't we, Micah? And being a fan of Texas Rangers, I wanted to be a Texas Ranger. I wanted to be like Chuck Norris and kick people in the face. Uh, I went to the Texas Ranger Museum, and so we stopped, and uh, it was a good time. Uh, we had to rush to the museum, and then what, what else did we do at, on our Dallas-slash-Tyler trip? Well, so, of course, the uh, Texas Ranger Museum in Waco. I just want to touch on something. 
the fact that only one ranger was able to disperse, how many people was it? It was a lot of people. Well, their uh, their motto is one riot, one ranger. They say it only takes one ranger to stop a riot. And I'm not sure how many people were riding. It was, I think it was like a thousand, two thousand people. It was like a lot of people, and one ranger stopped all that riot. Anyways, um, pretty pretty interesting stuff. So we we go up to Dallas, and we decide. Um, I, I we everybody knows I like planes, so we went to the American Airlines Museum, which was rushed through again. I think we only spent what 10, 15 minutes in that one. Yeah, it was like maybe thirty minutes. It was definitely. Not really a whole hour. Well, I'll put it to you this way. So the people we were with, unfortunately, we would yeah, they'd be like, yeah, we'll go to the museum you want, but we're going to rush through it. And so a lot of the times the things that we wanted to see only lasted probably just a few minutes. And you're like, we're, we're going already. It's like, yeah, it's time to go. Um, anyways, so we did we did that. Um, I remember we went to, and we thought this was going to be the best thing in the world. And uh, for those of you who remember, uh, a company called Shepler's, we decided we wanted to go to a Shepler's uh, Western Wear store, which back in the day, they were just massive Western Wear stores. And I'll just preface it by saying this. Um, they were one of uh, the Boot Corral's prime competitors at the time. Now they're known as uh, Boot Barn, I believe, right? And, but they used to be called Shepler's. When we lived in Georgia, we didn't have any Western wear stores. And so you would look up Shepler's, and they were like two stories of anything you could possibly imagine as far as Western wear. And we wanted to go. And I remember we went, and I was a little disappointed because we had already been to a few Western wear stores there in, um, when we moved to Texas. It, it wasn't anything special, was it, Chris? It was not anything special at all. We also went to Medieval Times, which if you never don't know what Medieval Times is, it's basically dinner and a show where they have all these knights that come out and you sit in a section and you have to cheer for your knight. They serve you dinner and you have to cheer for your knight and they compete. And of course, they predetermine who is going to win every night, but you cheer for them. And it was a great time. We had a great time. We went to the Tyler area, which Tyler is like East Texas, very East Texas, uh, because Micah had family uh, up there. And what happened when we went to Tyler? Oh, man. So we went up there, and Tyler was probably the most boring part of the trip, I would say. Um, so every other night, we had stayed in the hotel. And don't get me wrong, we stayed in the hotel, and we were sharing it with my grandfather. and But at the same time, we still had a hotel room. Well... When we got to Tyler, we stayed with a family member, and they didn't have enough room to put us up in. So what did we do? We slept in the living room. Um, Chris and I took turns on air mattresses, and because I think one night I slept on the recliner, and then Chris slept on the air mattress, and the night before I slept on an air mattress, and it, we all like swapped between couch, air mattress, and recliner. Yes, we stayed with one of his aunts, and we'll name her Aunt Sherry just to keep her identity uh undisclosed and aunt sherry no she was a nice lady she was a little bit of a bigger lady uh and she had these two dogs and these dogs like i don't know if they had strokes or what but they kind of like wobbled when they walked and they like just bobbed their heads and something wasn't right um and her house smelled not great 
If you've ever been into a hoarder's house, she was not a hoarder by any means, but if you've ever been to like in a hoarding house, it just did not smell great. It smelled a lot like urine and just not good at all. And so we would make fun of the dogs every time they walked. They just walked really, really weird. And uh, yeah, I had to sleep in the recliner one night and Mike had to sleep uh, on the air mattress. And I think his grandfather like slept on the couch. So we all took turns like just rotating. Yeah, and... Um, Tyler's not in an incredibly big town. It is close to Dallas and things, but once we left Dallas, we were just spending time in Tyler, and um, one of my other family members, they had this store, and the store was for like private schools in the area where you can go and you could buy your uniform for the year, um, which I'd never seen a store like that, but they owned one, and I remember like every day we were there, basically if you've heard our improv segment of like the coffee shop basically all these family members would meet at this store and they would just gab and gab and gab for hours on end all day long you remember that we just literally sat chris and i and this other boy i don't remember his name he was like uh i think an adopted family member or something but he was sitting there with us and we were all just kind of sitting there bored because they were just talking yeah yeah and so for two 18, 19 year old boys just sitting there talking with all these older people. We have nothing to add to the conversation. I, I'm just sitting there like, man, I'm bored. So I think we went outside, out back, and like, we, I don't know, we made some kind of fun. We did something. I don't know what we did. I know we went to Dairy Queen at one point, and just, just for everybody's heads up, Georgia Dairy Queen versus Texas Dairy Queen is very different. And we didn't know that. Like, the menus are completely different. Here in Texas, they have, like, tacos. And I remember the one thing that we had, we got jalitos, which are uh, fried jalapeno-like fries. And they were, like, strips of it. And I was just like, I've never seen this before in my life. But I just remember that was, it was really hot and... We, we had to make our own fun. I, for some reason, I feel like we were in the back of that store playing football at one point. I don't remember. Yeah, and just so you guys know, in Texas, Dairy Queen is the official stop sign of Texas. Just so you know, uh, that's how much Texans love Dairy Queen. Uh, but yeah, so it was kind of boring, that part of it. But back to the Dallas part, I remember, I don't remember if it was Dallas or San Antonio, but they had this thing televised where this man was going to walk across this tightrope and he wasn't going to have any harness or anything like that. And it, he was going to walk across the Grand Canyon. That's what it was. He was walking across the Grand Canyon on this tightrope and he wasn't harnessed to anything. And I just remember like Micah's parents and his grandfather was like, yep, yeah, we want to watch that. That's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was... I think that was actually in San Antonio because I think we opted to go to Chuck E. Cheese instead of watching him cross the thing on the tightrope. But um, did you know that guy's done it again? He's like walked over volcanoes and other stuff too. I never really paid attention whenever he walked across the Grand Canyon. I was just like, this is kind of boring, and he's kind of stupid for not having a harness. So that's that's how I felt about it. Well, I also remember he had his uh, his personal spiritual counselor, and it was Joel Osteen. And I was like, oh. Well, no shade about Joel Osteen. Uh, well, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about him in a segment that fries might don't. It's not on this episode, but maybe another episode. But anyways, but yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, that whole trip... It was it was interesting because we got to see a lot of Texas that we hadn't really seen before being new to Texas. So it was a good way for us to get 
introduced to Texas. Uh, you know, being from Georgia, Texans have a lot of different traditions, and so I uh, definitely learned that over the years. Uh, I used to have a really thick Georgia accent. I think I've kind of lost it as time has gone on, but it's it's been good. And if you don't know, if you've never been to Texas, East Texans have a different accent, and then West Texans have a different accent. They're two different completely different accents but uh that's another and then like south central like the valley they have a different accent too it's it, texas is such a big place it's i mean it really is it's bigger than most countries in europe especially so i mean it's we we have our own language dialects we got all weird cultures and everything all within one state yep so yep but that was our time that we uh did our road trip in san antonio slash dallas slash tyler so, yeah, but our next segment is the Jelly Donut, which is the Jail Report. And, Michael, what do you have for us on the Jail Report this week? So, I have something that is just, it, it's mind-boggling. It really is. It really is. So, uh, it's only one story, and we're talking murder this week. Ooh, murder. Juicy. Yeah. So... Uh, a Milwaukee man was found dead uh, along with his wife at their home. And basically what had happened was a few neighbors uh, hadn't heard from him in a while, and so they went by to go check on them. Uh, the very weird thing was these were not the kind of people that made enemies, right? They were the friendliest people ever. It says here on, you know, on this report that the police asked everybody they could think of who would be a possible enemy or who would have a motive. Everybody said nobody. These are the sweetest, nicest people. They volunteer. They, you know, do all this stuff, right? And so uh, the police began digging very, very deep. So what ends up happening, and this was around the 2010 time frame, but the wife, the spouse, um, of course, was having an affair that nobody knew about, right? Uh, it tends to be a pretty common story when it comes to these things. She was having an affair that nobody knew about, but the guy that she was having an affair with was, I guess this was a small town. I mean, Milwaukee's not a small town, but I guess this was an area where a lot of people knew each other. But this guy was the fire chief of the town, and apparently he was a royal jerk and a half. And... But nobody, nobody knew about this going on and whatnot. Well, she ends up coming up pregnant. And so whenever she becomes pregnant, nobody thinks about it because nobody knows of the affair. Well, both of them end up dead, including her with the unborn child. So when they dig and find through all of this stuff, they found that not only that, but they had also been making um, like adult films together and selling those and making profit and like apparently she had a whole secret life that absolutely nobody knew about and she was secretly a millionaire well who was she making these films with it was the fire chief and so with all this money and everything she got a um or she made a bank account just for this and he was the beneficiary if anything were to happen to her so they get to all of this, right, and they find this fire chief, and they, they talk with him, and 
Of course, he tries to defer, and he tries to defer, but here is the amazing part of the entire thing. So, forensic science is really, 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 really impressive. So, this guy had a truck, okay? And when these people were, were murdered, it was in their home, and they had these trees out front of their house. And... So they, they're going and they're looking through this fire chief's truck and they're looking for any sort of evidence that they can find at the time. Well, they find these piles of leaves and what are called um, scuppernogs. I think that's what we call them. They're like little, they call them water chestnuts on here. I've, I haven't heard it like that, but I've heard it something else. But they had basically these little, um, little things how trees reproduce. You know, they drop things and whatnot. But they were all in the back of this guy's truck. And they were only known to be a part of this certain tree. Well, they looked all around to his property and to the fire station and everything. And there were none of these trees present at all. Where were their trees present? In the front yard of the murder victim's house. So what did they do? They literally took a piece of what that tree dropped did a genetic sample and the DNA of the tree and what had been dropped matched so they put him at the place at the time and um, they also were able to tell when it fell off the tree into his truck and everything so they, they could put him right there and he was actually charged, convicted and everything based on a small little nut that fell off of a tree. If not they probably would have they, they would have had evidence and probably thought it was him but nothing concrete wow modern science and technology is amazing if this would have happened in the 80s or 90s they would have never found that guy man that that is crazy about modern science like i said that happened in about 2010 i looked up the uh, part of the story here and this guy was also on he said one of the apparently and this is kind of dark i guess he said one of the funniest things um because he got the death penalty and he was going to be executed the way he was going to be executed is by firing squad which firing squad as you know some states are different but it's basically you there's i think there's an array of eight or seven guns and basically there's a bunch of them are blank and only one of them actually fired the one so it doesn't mess up the officer's psyche that they actually killed somebody um, but his final words when they said, do you have any final requests? He said, yes, a bulletproof vest, please. Oh, wow. That's pretty messed up. That's, that's really, really, really messed up. Uh, yeah. Interesting enough. Firer chief and he got taken out by the firing squad. So that's, that's irony. Uh, you know, normally, normally our, um, our jelly donuts are a little bit funnier, you know, with some, uh, with, but I, I read that story and that was just a crazy story. I've never heard any, I mean, I've heard some, uh, some murder mysteries and things like that, but to be found out by just a very small piece of, you know, what a tree left behind. I mean, really and truly, I wouldn't want to commit murder anyways, but if you're committing murder nowadays, I mean, you really have to make sure you... I mean, you're going to leave something behind. There's no way. Yeah. Darkness always comes to the light. And that's that's the moral of that story. But yeah, like you said, if you commit a murder now, it's almost nearly impossible to get away with. Uh, so yeah, that's crazy, man. That's a good, interesting story for our jelly donut. And uh, we're going to hop over to our donut hole. Our donut hole is going to be a continuation of 
an episode that we did two episodes prior. So tell them what's happening on our, on our donut hole, Micah. Well, last time we talked about the NFL and the upcoming season that we were having. And again, if you aren't a sports fan or don't like football, feel free. Go ahead and skip the uh, donut hole this week. We're talking about the AFC division. We talked about the NFC last time. We're going to go through AFC. Now, for the sake of time, because last segment, it was basically like I could talk forever about football. So, for the sake of time, we're just going to go one, two, three, and four of where do you think they're going to end up in the division at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, we're going to go back and we'll uh, compare to how we actually did prediction-wise then at the end of the year. So, you ready, Chris? I'm ready. All right, so we're talking about the AFC North first, which is the Cincinnati Bengals, who are our interim AFC champions. They did lose in the Super Bowl, but um, the Bengals. There are the Cleveland Browns, the Steelers from Pittsburgh, and the Baltimore Ravens. So, one, two, three, and four. I'm going to go, and y'all don't hate for me, hate me on this. I'm going to go, Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to win their division again. Then it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens, then the Cleveland Browns, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know, I know. I put the Browns above the Steelers, but I don't know. The Steelers are getting a new quarterback, right? They are, um, and it's going to be a crapshoot. I am actually – so, weird enough, they drafted a quarterback, but they picked up somebody. Did you ever hear about Mitchell Trubitsky? He played for the Bears for a little bit. Anyways, he's he's – not very good. He's kind of a good backup, but he's not a starting quarterback. They're starting him for now, but they do have a rookie in the wings. Um, I kind of have it a little bit different. I actually have the Steelers coming in first this year of the North at 11-6, and six, but then the Bengals very close after at 10-7. and seven. Uh, The Ravens, 9-8, and eight, they're going to have a pretty decent year, but I, I, I don't know. I've I hate to say that I feel an injury coming on, but I feel like uh, some important people for the Ravens, I won't say who is going to get injured. Um, and then the Browns last. Uh, I mean, they lost Baker Mayfield. They're having, I don't know if you know this, but you've heard of Deshaun Watson, right? And his whole scandal and everything. Well, we don't know if he's playing next week or if he's going to be suspended indefinitely. And if that's the case, then they're working off of a backup quarterback. So it's like... You know, I'm betting that the NFL, for what happened, is going to suspend him for a good while. I don't think they're going to do very well. Plus, even if he does get on the field, he hasn't played, I think, in a year and a half. So it's it's kind of a crapshoot. But I have them coming in last. Um, all right, the AFC South. So we're going with the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or the... Houston Texans. All right, so the Tennessee Titans actually did pretty good uh, last year. And so I'm going to put them at number one. And then I'm going to put the... Sorry. Then I'm going to put Houston, as much as I dislike Houston. I'm putting Jacksonville last. And then who's the other one? Indianapolis with your with your good buddy, Matty Ice. Oh, yeah, I'm putting uh, them at third. So it's going to go Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis, and then Jacksonville. Uh, so here's what I've got. Um, I've got the Tennessee Titans number one. I've got the Colts coming in second. But see, the thing is, 
Uh, the Titans win with like 12 and 5. The Colts, 9 and 8. Like, they're going to, I think they'll have a winning season because of Matt Ryan, but nothing much more than that. The Jaguars, I, you know, I think they're going to come back a little bit and have a better year. The Texans, I think, are going to be god awful. Uh, you ever heard of Davis Mills, Chris? No, I have not. Me neither, and that's their quarterback. So, um, you know, unless they absolutely – he played for them last year, and he – I mean, they did really not very good. So they still have him in the wing, so I, I don't see it happening. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Good, good luck, Houston, hopefully – that, that works out for you guys. So now we're going with the AFC East. And the AFC East consists of the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and the Jets from New York. What you what you feeling, Chris? Just crappy all the way around. Okay. Buffalo Bills, number one. Then we're going with... Well, the Jets are going to be last. Then... The Patriots, number two, and then Miami, number three. Gotcha. So this year, I have it coming in a little different. Miami did some stuff this offseason. So they got Tyreek Hill. They've gotten a – you know, they got better on defense. Um, I think they have a good receiving court. They have two good running backs now. Um, their offensive line improved. Their defense improved a good bit. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. I was watching NFL Live the other day from training camp, and – Miami, they were out there with a joint practice um, with the Patriots, and they were mauling the crap out of them. So I, I do think that they're going to have a good year. So I have the Bills coming in first. I have Miami coming in second. The Patriots coming in third, but by only a game. I have them sitting at 9-8. and eight. And then the Jets coming in last. Um, the poor Jets. I feel so bad for their fans. Um all right, so our last division we have here, and this is one of Chris's absolute favorites. We have the AFC West. Who's in the AFC West, you may ask? The Kansas City Chiefs. No, oh, I hate The them. Denver Broncos, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I hate the Kansas City Chiefs just because here in Lubbock, everybody loves them. Well, they don't love them. They love Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be the Chargers, then the Chiefs, then the Broncos, then the Raiders. And just to let you know, in case you don't know, Russell Wilson is on the Broncos now. Yeah, I'm going to keep it where I had it at. So for me, um, I have it as, uh, and this is kind of my dark horse sleeper pick of the year, uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders. I think that they are going to be first in the division. Um, and then I've got Kansas City coming second, the Chargers third. But, see, Kansas City and the Chargers, it's really a crapshoot. I could see either one of them taking that spot. They're both very good. And then Denver, I see them improving at, like, 9-8, and eight, but they've got some injuries pretty early on, and just Russell Wilson is not going to get you past that. But um, we're going to finish off with what we think. Like I said, my dark horse for – who is going to come in at a number one or number two seed this year is the Las Vegas Raiders. And my reasoning for that is Derek Carr, their quarterback, went to Fresno State. They now have Devontae Adams, who went to Fresno State. Every year that they've both been in the league, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have been meeting out in California to throw each and every year. So they practice together every single year. Now they've been reunited 
I honestly think that they're going to blow it up, and they also have a really good team behind them. So I got a good feeling about them. But my Super Bowl, who's going to be going to the Super Bowl for the AFC? I have it picked as the Buffalo Bills. Well, I sure hope so. So we picked, you picked Arizona and Buffalo. I'm going to pick Arizona and Cincinnati again. Yeah, Cincinnati went last year. But I think Arizona is going to win no matter what. That's my feeling. I think they're going to win it all. I, I hope so, too. You know, I'll go in with you on that. I think Arizona I think Arizona will do it as well. So, But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the AFC for you. So we got our predictions in for the AFC. Yep. So we're going to go to our next segment, which is what fries my donuts. <laughs> Ask me the question. What fries your donuts, Chris? Oh, boy. And I'm going to... Get on my Gen Z people. So I love you, but I'm going to harp on you for a little bit. Now, let me preface this by saying, me and Micah are the millennial generation. We're at the cutoff. And I hate when people say, oh, these millennials, they're awful, they're awful, they're awful, when they're really talking about Gen Z. Okay, so don't be blaming Gen Z's crap on millennials. This is why I don't really like Gen Z. Gen Z... They have never really had to work for anything. They have everything handed to them. And they so easily ghost you. They will not show up for job interviews. They won't show up for work. And if they want to leave a job or if they want to cut off a friendship, friendship, they cut you off so easily and they don't even tell you why. They get their feelings hurt so easily. They are so sensitive. They want to whine and complain about everything. And they want everything handed to them. They want what their parents have right now at 19 and 20 and 21. And it just really fries my donuts because I'm sick of Gen Z people just absolutely not having any responsibilities and not taking ownership for what they do because they just are like, you know what? The world revolves around me. It's this whole selfie generation, the iPhone generation. I think that's really a lot of cause of it. And they're like, you know what? If you inconvenience me, if you inconvenience me, I'm out. Peace out, Boy Scout. And I'm done with you. And they cut you off and they don't even tell you why. They don't even have the common decency to communicate with you to your face. And that's why Gen Z fries my donuts. You got anything you want to say? Oh, Lord. I've got a lot I could say on this. Hey, what it really starts off with, it starts off with the parents. And here's where I am talking about millennials. Millennial parents can sometimes be the problem. I mean, previous generations haven't really done well, but I'll say at least for small kids, like small kids right now, they still fall under Gen Z, right? We're still under that, even if they're smaller kids, like 8, 9. I think the cutoff, though... I think they're a different generation. They're like Generation Alpha. I don't know what their generation is called yet. But Gen Z, I think the cutoff for them is like anyone that's like maybe 15 to like 23, 24 right now. I think that's it. I have to look it up. But it's like they're they're like in their teens and early 20s. That's Gen Z. Regardless, I think that, um, like Chris said, the, the iPhone generation, not just that, but I think that the ability to be able to have anything that you want on demand and like i don't know why i just thought of this i haven't thought about this in years but there used to be this really old commercial out there when on demand used to, was like first starting out and so a lot of people don't know what i'm talking about 
when you were watching TV before and you just had cable, they would offer something called on-demand or, you know, you have DVR now where you can record and you can tape. But on-demand was I can pick a show wherever I want. It was the Netflix before Netflix was a thing, but it was offered through your cable company. And I remember a commercial where they were saying there was this older kid, probably about 12, 13, and then there's a younger brother who is probably 7 or 8. And it was like, um, and the younger brother says, oh, I wish we can watch that. And, and um, I'm sorry, the older brother says, I wish we can watch that. And the younger brother says, oh, we can. We can just do on demand. And he goes, no, we can't. We have to go to the video store. No, 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 we can. We can just turn it on right now and do it right here. I think that's primarily a lot of the problems is everybody in the Gen Z generation has been subjected to all I have to do is press a button, it's on I can do what I want when I want I can google this and get the answer right right away immediately and unfortunately the rest of life doesn't work that way, everything else doesn't work to where it's on demand instantly when you want it, where you want it how you want it, only certain things go like that and unfortunately I feel like the adults who are teaching a lot of these kids are not telling them things, especially that life is not fair. That is a lesson that is not being taught, and I don't know why, but everybody seems to think that, oh, it should be fair and everything should be equal and fair. Life has never been fair, and it never will be fair. We can try to get as close as possible, but, you know, to quit jobs or to chew people out or to act a certain way, you know, it's always going to happen. It's never going to be fair. I don't know who promised you fair. Well, it's like what we said before. The pendulum has swung the way the other way. Before, it used to be like, you know, kids weren't really told you're special, you're loved, any of that. But now it's to the point where we build these kids' egos up so much. Oh, you're special. You're this. And yes, kids are special. Everyone's special in their unique way. But it's like what you said. We They're not taught patience at all. They're used to having everything handed to them and patience produces character it's just a quality trait and they're not used to wait waiting for anything and you know older people like you know me and mike aren't that old but us are millennials and generations above when we wanted to watch a tv show we would have to wait till it came on we would have to know the tv schedule we would have to wait for it to come on but now you can just yeah tv guide you would now you can just press a button go to a streaming service and you can have whatever show you want to watch and you can binge watch and i think that's a lot of problems because a new season will come out and people will just binge watch it and then they're like well crap now i have to wait for the next season i've enjoyed shows where they've just released an episode like every week because i'm like that gives me something to look forward to like i can look forward to that but yeah like in gen z like they won't communicate with you they'll just ghost you and they won't show up for work and they'll be like, oh, I'll just get a new job. If I don't like this, I'm just going to get something different. And that's not really how the world works. And it's very frustrating. Now, I will say this about Gen Z, that they are very creative. They are very, very innovative. They can multitask very well because they're used to looking at different screens. But when it comes to responsibilities and and not being so entitled, yeah, it just really fries my donuts. I think I've just been dealing a lot with it, and I think that's why it's really fried my donuts lately. I, I understand. We're trying to fill a position at work right now, and it's same thing. We can't get people to show up to interviews. We get them into interviews. What's the first question? Oh, oh, so how much vacation time do I get? When can I start taking off vacation? And, you know, that's just not how it used to work. That's, that's not how it should work.
Yeah, exactly. And they're they're all like, oh, I want to get paid $25 an hour, but I don't have any job experience. And I just want to show up and watch Netflix at my desk all day. Like, I want to get paid for that. And, you know, you said this before. It's the whole gym class mentality. I should get credit for just showing up. But I think what we really messed up is when everybody started getting participation trophies. That's where we really messed up. And uh, yeah, that's not how it works. You know, the way that you get rewarded for your job is you get paid, you know, and there's a lot of places if you're not pulling your weight, they'll fire you quick, fast and in a hurry. You know, we were talking about football and I'll, I'll stop on this note, but, you know, we were talking about that and we were watching training camp you know, on TV and my poor fiance has to watch training camp with me in parts. We're sitting there watching it and I'm sitting here going, you know, there are some people giving interviews like the real big popular guys. I'm like, how how amazing is it that we're sitting here watching this guy who doesn't have to worry about his job giving an interview while we watch these other guys in the trenches working their tails off to barely make a position on this team. And, you know, my fiance said, well, that's just not right. And that's just not right. And I'm sitting here going, maybe we feel like it's not right but that's how life works life is a competition unfortunately it is survival of the fittest that's what it's always been said and what has happened with the participation trophies and just oh you participated congratulations it's taken that competition away if i'm at my job right now and i'm and people were truly rewarded for the efforts and the things that they've made everybody would be striving for better and there would be a constant competition when a position opens instead of, oh, we're just going to look at based on time because nobody's really trying for it. I guess we'll just promote him over time. So anyways, I'll stop on that. Yep. So good deal. Good deal. Well, we're going to segue into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And we're going to play a game. So, Michael, what game are we playing? Today we're playing a new game called Bad Presentations, and so what's going to happen is one person is going to give the other one a scenario um, of something we're going to be selling to you over the radio, but the worst form of it we can possibly think of on the fly. So are you ready for it, Chris? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so my product for you is a computer. A computer. All right, I'm ready. Hi, everyone. Are you tired of looking at TV? Can you not just find anything that you want? Well, get this computer. It's a great computer. It works. It's very expensive. It'll put you into debt. But everybody needs a computer. Whether you're looking up videos or doing information, you need a computer. It may rot your brain and it may give you cancer, but you need a computer. Perfect. All right, so what's my product? Your product is life insurance. Life insurance? Yep. Okay. okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Micah, and I'm here to talk to you about Colonial Pen Life Insurance. With our new You're Gonna Die plan, you get immediate attention when you die. However, there will be no money paid out to you or your family, and you'll actually owe us about $13,000. We will give you an insurance package, and we will set you up today. Here are some testimonials from some of our clients. You know, I died. I'm a ghost now, you see. And my family still had to pay out, but I was so happy with the Colonial Life Insurance Plan. All right, that's pretty good. All right, we'll do uh, one more for me and one more for you. So what's my other product? You're selling me Jesus, Chris. No, I'm joking. Uh... You don't sell Jesus. 
In a way, you can. Uh, no, I'm joking. I am totally joking. Um, you're going to sell me um, a car. Okay. Hi, I'm Chris, and I want to sell you a car. You need a car because guess what? You have to go places. Now, this car may have 300,000 300, miles, and you'll be paying on it for the rest of your life. And guess what? For if you buy now, we will not offer you the warranty. You're buying the car as is. If it breaks down, no problem. You just simply go to the bank, take out your own money, and you pay for it. We will cover no cost at all. It's all cost to you, no cost to us. Now, I have to tell you, this car has been in five accidents, and it has three transmissions, and it's got a head gasket that's almost ready to blow. But you need this car to get you from point A to point B, so come on down to Mears Motors where you can get your car. Wow, I need that car. All right, so let me see. What are you going to be selling? Oh, candy. You can be selling candy. Candy. Okay. Hi, I'm Wacky Steve, and I'm here to talk to you about my candy. Well, the best thing that we have in our thing is the spring candy. And what it does is when you put it in your mouth, springs plug straight to your tongue and your cheeks. Don't you want to have that, kids? Don't you want to have some springs in your cheeks? You know what? I think Wacky Steve needs to go to jail because that was the worst presentation I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but yeah, bad presentations. I'm glad that I am not a salesman and I don't have to do presentations anymore. But we're going to segue into our last segment, which is the eclair, which is our positive advice. And so, Micah, it's your turn to go first this week. All right. So I'm just going to say be at peace with yourself. Don't let your past affect you. Um, we've all dealt with it to where we think about things in our past and how we might not be good enough because of things that are defining you from your past. Don't let your past define you. I'm telling you, don't let your past behind you or defy you. It is behind you. All you have to do is look forward. And I mean, it is really easy. Trust me. We've all been there to where we are sitting there. It's hard for me to talk about because I've done it so many times. Point is. The future is bright. Look at the future. Don't look at the past. Don't let that past hinder you because it could hinder your future. And as always, again, ours ties together. I promise y'all we don't talk about this beforehand, but mine is similar to yours. It just must be the gift of prophecy that the Lord hath given us. Uh, but mine is uh, when you fall off the horse, get back on. Uh, kind of similar to what Micah said. When you mess up... Um, Dust yourself off and get back on and try again. Don't let life knock you out because it's so easy to get down on yourself and to say all those awful things about yourself. But, you know, that's definitely not where you want to be and you don't want to get taken out of the game. Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that you can't come back from it. Uh, no matter how old you are, you can still come back from your mistakes. It, you know, uh, Pastor always says, if, God, if you're not dead, God's not done. So, Get back on the horse and try again. Maybe you failed at something and maybe you want to try again. You know, keep trying and keep hopping back on the horse. So it's not how many times you fall down, but it's how many times you get back up. And that's in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. So with that, I'm going to end it on that. But hey, we got cool stuff. What cool stuff do we have, Micah? Oh, man, TVTrashCan.com. Don't y'all know? TVTrashCan.com. We've got all sorts of shows. We've got even a movie on there. It's a short movie. 
but it's a movie. We have our original content on there. Hey, go watch us acting like cops. It was, it was, yeah, we, we've done that before, and it's on the website, so go check it out. We've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like, subscribe, do all that fun jazz, and uh, yeah, we've got some other videos coming out on the website and on YouTube, so be looking for that. We're super excited for all that, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have, man. All right, well, we thank you guys for listening to us. We hope that y'all have a wonderful week, make good choices, and you guys will hear from us next monday so i'm gonna sign off i'm chris and i'm micah and this is the dota box podcast